Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, Sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Hi-ho, camper Joes and Jills, and do you hear what I'm hearing? I think I hear Are we an in echo. a tunnel? There it is. There we go. <laughs> I wonder if people can hear that over the air. It'd be kind of funny. Well, if they don't, just know we were echoing. Yes. Uh, if you can't, just forget that happened, like the Men in Black scene. I haven't seen any here. of those movies. Is that weird? Uh-oh. You've never seen any Men in Black movies? No. At all? You haven't Ever. seen one or two? Not one. Not a one. I didn't know that we'd start here, but do you hate Tommy Lee Jones or what's the deal? I mean, I don't hate him. I don't really have a feeling towards him either way. There's a movie that he did probably like 10, 12 years ago with Meryl Streep about just like getting older. I really enjoyed him in that film. Clearly uh, very impactful. It's really messed up that Meryl Streep was in Fast and the Furious and not Tommy what? Lee Jones. Meryl Streep was in one of the latest You're Fast and lying. the Furious. You're lying. I've seen like the first two of those, maybe I've, the first three. Well, there's about 15 to choose did from. Did I fix it correctly? Car- we're gonna uh, find out. Cardi B, Meryl Streep were were cameo appearances. What the Meryl freaking Streep? Do we need to have a Tommy Lee Jones Fast God, and the Furious sleepover? Maybe. I just there's just stuff that I completely miss out on. Uh, sales team, if you are listening as we bring you into the playmakers, we should host at one of these movie theaters in Las Vegas. There's mm. plenty to choose from. A a Fast and the Furious night to celebrate the legacy. Do I have to attend all of them? I mean, you are. It's just a lot of room rooms. It's just room rooms, right? A lot of room rooms. A lot of room rooms and and the brotherhood. Not one scene. Everything's for family. Not one scene at a gas station. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. They've been in space. Tyrese and Ludacris went to space in one of the movies. Tyrese. Yeah, this legendary. You didn't know Tyrese was in Fast and Furious? No, I know Tyrese is it. It's kind of the only thing. No disrespect to Ty, but the only thing filling up the paycheck. Video for Britney Spears. Where are we? Toxic, I don't. I am so- Remember earlier before the show that you, I was like, you know, if I go off on a seg, you just let me know because uh, Lindsay's is off her meds. Oh, look, Britney Spears. Two oh. minutes into the oh, show. Oh well, I just I I thought I was wearing her T-shirt today. I almost did. I did not though. Oh man, maybe you I'm wrong. Say, he might. Be, I mean, he, he is an actor, and sometimes they get hired to be in music videos. Right. This is a long time ago, Tyrese. and I don't want to. I don't want to like make the assumption either, because like it's just who's the. Who's the Tyrese of the NBA? What does it's that just, mean? What are, what are, kind what are, of just, just still in the league, and you're like, oh, he's still, 
He's still there. He's still here. I mean, the only Thaddeus way that we could Young? truly know is for me to play this music video right now, which hopefully won't be over the air. Uh, let's. Well, we we had that problem. Happen we did, once. but there's no swear words in this song. That I do know, and oh. it's on mute. Okay. So good, while fantastic. we're while I'm making my way through this vid, um, we can talk about what's on our docket for our show today because we have a heck of a plate. I'm actually very very excited. Yeah. As a wrestling fan, I love returns. When something comes back, it gets me giggly. Mm-hmm. And on today's show, I've heard rumors. Right now, I'm going to go directly to the source. Lindsey Brown. Mm-hmm. Is it the return of something very special and near and dear to 1140 The Bet and our podcast empire? What? The Nightcap? Oh, that's right. I thought you were going completely different direction. <laughs> who's... who's <laughs> I thought you went with wrestling, and you're gonna you're gonna pump up the the big thing that's happening in the home state. Oh no, we we got time for all we that. Got time but we got for more that. important that matters. I, the nightcap, yes, it is making its triumphant return. You're right. You're so correct. Um, Mike McKenna joined me earlier this afternoon. We did about a 48 minute of really good hockey conversation, and and it was kind of like an all encompassing around the league we talked about the Gaudreau situation we talked about um to Chuck we talked about goalies and probably getting them outside of their comfort zone some of the best ones in the league that we have like Igor Shosturkin and Andre Vasilevsky you talked about uh just a bunch of different stuff and we're gonna play a portion of it uh in just a few minutes here for our second segment just the first 15 minutes or so of said talk and I'm really excited to share it with everyone because it's been a while and I know like last year I kind of dropped the ball in the nightcap and the hockey. Like, last year was a really tough year for me. Yeah. And so I was deep in the survival mode. And so I'm really hoping that I'm able to attack the season a little bit more equipped, a little bit more refreshed. And uh, I, I think we got off to a great start today with Mike McKenna. So I'm really excited to share that with everybody in just a couple of minutes. You were at the Aces game last night. Uh, situations have happened. At what? A, a tough, tough injury for the Aces. A huge win. This is setting up for the biggest regular season game in the league tomorrow with just two games left. You want to talk about stakes? They don't get higher in the regular season than what's about to happen Thursday uh, at the Ultra is what I'm, I'm going to start the calling ultra. it. The Ultra. The Ultra. The home of the Aces. So, yeah, we'll get into it. And also, this is kind of a big deal for me professionally. I was able to attend the post-game press conference. May have been able to ask some questions for you Coach Bex. You don't say. Yeah, the legend, Miss Hammond. I got to ask her some questions about the game and everything. But, yeah, we'll get into the aces because situations are happening. Excellent. As the, uh, as the season winds down this Sunday. so That will make up uh, our first hour of our program today. we got footies of football to kick off the 4 o'clock hour like we usually do during football season. we yes. got hard knocks to break down. I watched it this morning. You haven't watched it yet, but there's plenty to get into with that, a lot of inspirational speeches. Even it's like got, Red Bull in the morning. Oh, a hundred percent. Dan Campbell, you know, just probably snorts Diet Coke. No wonder you emailed me at like five thirty-six in the morning. Did I? <laughs> you emailed me. Oh, super I did. Early. Yeah, I was like, she's watching Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell. Got well, I to didn't. Why? I watched Hard Knocks after my tennis, which oh. I mean has taken a turn, guys. It's taken a turn. It's let's just say improvements have been made. Let's just open this up and really break should it we? down. Should we? Okay. It's time for the can opener. So, no Fernando at class today. But no. I've been riding the fumes of my victory that I uh, was able to acquire on Monday against Fernando. And I went into tennis this morning 
with a little bit of a different attitude. I'm like, Lindsay, in the warm-up, you know, first few shots where they have, all right, you got three balls, all three of them need to go cross-court forehand, and then you switch to the other side and go backhand. I'm like, Lindsay, let's try maybe not trying to hit the perfect shot right away every time and swinging as hard as we can and maybe just, you know, ease into it. And I had my best tennis day in a hot second. And I mean, I haven't been playing as much lately. Like the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to get back into it. But it was one of those days where it reminded me, oh my God, am I good at something? You know? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> I love it so much. Damn right you are. Oh my God. I needed it so badly. So badly. And I'm just... I, I'm kind of surprised I'm not nearly as like, oh, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to go back. Because that's usually what happens when I have a good session and as I'm getting back into things and trying to get re-obsessed with tennis. But I'm, I'm just feeling good about it. And I, I it put me in a really positive uh, mindset, I think, for today. And so I hope that it'll rub off on the show that we have here. And Hell yeah. It, I mean, we already had a dump in the first uh, segment here. So happen. you know what? When you watch Hard Knocks at 6 a.m., things happen. You know, maybe because it was yesterday, we we had a false alarm for one. And so oh, yeah, today geez. we were just making sure, even though yeah. I, well, I didn't say what I said, even though it sounds what I said. So, and just to double check for, for my non-tennis mind. Yeah. So what you're saying is your philosophy, you went in not like the Kansas City Chiefs with Tyreek Hill trying to get an 80-yard bomb. You yeah. were like... It's okay to get a little check down pass to the running back for a couple yeah, yards, and let's, let's get, get some first people down. Some touches, man. Yeah, let's move the chains exactly. a little bit. Exactly. Let's lather up. You know, not just go in there for the body shower. What? Let's 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 get some soap in the crevices. You know, really just wash it out. A lot of people don't really dive in there with the crevices. Lathering <laughs> up. What? Where did that come from? You Isn't that like horses? Up? That's like. Well, I just think horses? of like it's like soaping up. You're like I'm lathering up. That's just one of those sayings. To me, to me, it's like they. What are you throwing on leather all over your body? Like what's yeah, going on? Yeah, maybe this on? is another BDSM thing we need vibes? to we need to have a translation for. It. It's like you're lathering up. You're like, I. <laughs> oh to my God. cover someone. No. <laughs> here we go. Lather up. No, I. <laughs> to produce a thick volume of suds yeah. when vigorously rubbed or mixed together. What suds? Suds of 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 um. Suds of anarchy. Soap. Suds. S u d s. Yeah. What's what's the I. You're touching yourself clean, essentially. Okay, I've never that, heard suds before. Really? No. Budden suds? You never? Did you watch Brink back in the day? Joe Budden? J- Brink on the Disney Channel original I, films? I know. I'm pretty that. sure it was like soap and suds or Budden suds, something like that. Hmm, the more you know, I I didn't watch. I think I did, but I was too young. I know it is available on Disney Plus. Yeah. But it wasn't my era. Brinks, Air Bud, not my vibes. What? I was watching. See, you were watching Air Bud. I was watching Men in Black. It's facts, okay. facts. You guys grew up too fast. You guys grew up too fast. <laughs> For real. You, now, what, what age did you start watching PG-13 movies? Like, on oh, hits, like wow. consistently. I mean, at a super young age because Bad Boys. I watched what Bad Boys as the do? original. Yeah, and I, that's another movie that you haven't seen. I think the first movie that I saw that was like PG-13 was Coyote Ugly. Coyote Are you ugly. familiar? Yeah, no, I'm familiar. It's definitely some uh, Two Americas type vibes. What so do you I know mean? That it I've never seen it. What? Aren't there a whole bunch of coyote you, restaurants like no. named after? Well, maybe, but it's kind of like it's just about about it's about a group of bartenders, a, a group of women, 
and they run this bar, and okay. it's like this hot coyote ugly thing. Mm. It's good stuff. That and Crossroads. I think Crossroads was PG though. That's a B Spears. See, there I didn't even know ugly. Britney Spears was going to be in the conversation, but she worked her way into it. Even though we started with her, and I'm gonna have you look at this during the break because I have this freeze framed of the shot that I think it's Tyrese. I'm pretty sure it's him, but it could be wrong. Well, we'll take a look at that. And also, there is a coyote ugly inside in New York, New York. You don't say. So, that's exciting. That Yeah. Have like, ever, I'm here for the cinematic experience. <laughs> have you ever? No, for sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm here to interact. <laughs> I'm here to. That's my favorite thing you've I'm here to interact and just weeks. the whole vibe is. Uh, correct. Just, just I like love that. that. That's brilliant. I double checking. Liar yeah. Liar was the first movie I rented. Liar Liar was PG-13. That's the first movie my mom allowed me to rent at Blockbuster. So there it is. That's the first movie that I can remember seeing. So yeah, liar, 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 Titanic. Jennifer Tilly though. Who's Jennifer Tilly? She is. She did the voice of what's Chucky's girlfriend? Uh, Finster. I don't know. Whatever. Are you you talking about that Chucky? Are you talking about the evil, evil doll? Evil, evil Chucky. I haven't seen those. Okay. What's this? What's this woman's name? Jennifer <laughs> Tilly. We just keep running we into things that there's no connection. There we have absolutely. At, okay. Oh, um, I know her. She kind of Jennifer. Yo, Jennifer Tilly. What else is she in? She's well. She is an actor. I believe she's been in other movies as well. Yeah, correct. Uh, she she's actually a poker player. Speaking of, sports. she was in the Cat's Meow in 2001. She what is about dancing at the Blue Iguana. That was a 2000. Oh, she was in Haunted Mansion. I think I remember seeing. Her. Remember that that Eddie Murphy film, the Disney film? Yes, of course. Have one you seen of the that best one? Disney rides. I've, Great, yeah. perfect. Then we found something at least we can, you know, break bread over. Huh? She won a World Series of Poker uh, bracelet. We should get her on the show to kind of get into that because I don't. Oh God, we don't talk enough you, poker, and no. we're in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. We- yeah, she's no. born at 58. I, sure, like I only play poker for nickels uh, at the table back home with my fam. Because I, I don't think I could sit down at a poker table, especially in this town. I, I Too I, intense? Yeah, I just, I don't want to have to compete against other people. I just want to compete against the house. Isn't that bad because the house always wins? Yeah, but then I'm not taking other people's money. I'm losing mine. Okay, fair enough. I just, I don't, I'm not very, I'm good at lying, but I'm also very bad at it. Is it possible to be good and bad I at it? What do you mean by that? Let's, like, let's dissect that okay. aspect. So, Are you like a head coach where you'll say something to the media very like stern, but behind the scenes I think I just, I know my audience, and so there are certain you know bits of information or stories that you'll kind of omiss, or I'll, I'll, I'll tell like a 20% saturated version of a story. You ever do that where you leave out most of the stuff and you just kind of get to the punchline? You're like, of oh, course. yeah, this stuff happened. And this then you leave out all the juicy stuff. Yeah, because the resume, the this is like a, it's like a resume. You're trying to give them the good information. Exactly. About the story. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I'm like, that's masking to me. That's different. Like, there's lying and then there's masking. It's like if I'm a Raiders fan. I said, we made the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, it's like me saying, like, I'm a Raiders fan. That's a lie. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, if I'm a Raiders fan, yeah. I'm like, you know, everything was great. We made the playoffs last year. And it avoids everything that happened last year because. Although they did make the playoffs. Which is a fact. But you see it as a failure because as we learned yesterday, if you're not always vaulting yourself to success in every single decision, you're basically a loser. Are we going to do this? Because I have more. No, because remember we told ourselves we were going to stay on time today. There's a lot of things that we we had a big discussion today. And we 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 really we really aired out a lot of our stuff. We did. We don't have a lot of drama, but we have a lot of things to discuss. Because we're always trying to present you – you listening at work, home, naked in the shower, wherever, with the best show possible. And since Jennifer Tilly 
is a poker player, mm. we can say that this next segment isn't going to be a gamble. Look at you. Look at you. I was trying to think of what's a good thing in, in, in it's all aces. Well, I mean, what is the phrase ace, for, ace, for poker? I don't know. <laughs> Essentially, I'm saying it's not a gamble. Your entertainment <laughs> is going to be satisfied. That urge you need because this nightcap preview yeah. It's going to be amazing, correct? Here to satisfy your hockey urges. The Playmakers, the nightcap, the full-fledged experience on the other side of the break. 11 for the bet. This is Sean Morash with an Odyssey Sports Minute sponsored by Indeed. Attract, interview, and hire at Indeed.com slash credit. Keith Hernandez has asked his bosses not to call Phillies games because he hates watching their fundamentals. And there it is. The Mets' arrogance off their one cute year out of every decade. Keith, you called garbage baseball for years with the Mets. Now Phillies games are the problem? Get serious. I'm Sean Morash. And now, sports with a Z. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. And welcome back to the nightcap. I know it's been a minute or two, but let's just say I'm feeling a little bit more rejuvenated in the hockey sphere these days. And to help usher in a new era, a new season, you know, before it actually totally starts is someone very near and dear to my heart. And unfortunately a few States away, but Michael McKenna analyst for daily face off moonlights on Sirius radio. Once in a while, you used to play in the NHL across the HL, all of the different levels. And uh, my favorite friend who moved away. How are you today? My friend, I didn't leave you. I just left Vegas. Yes. I'm doing good, man. You know what? Like, it's funny that you're just talking before we started to record here, how, you know, neither of us are like way into hockey right now, but all of a sudden the moment that we're now speaking about it, I'm like so amped up and ready to go at it again on hockey. You know what I mean? It's like two old buddies just getting after it to, to, to hot stove what's happening around the league, even though, Right now, there's not much. How much has happened this summer, though, Lindsay? Oh, my God. It's been so busy. It is unbelievable the amount of things that have happened and that we can cover. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. I felt like the Cup ended later this year, even though it's been a weird couple of seasons just with timing and everything. Maybe it was kind of a crash from the last couple of seasons. But, you know, the offseason's been absolutely nuts. Free agency, I think that there was a lot of moves that we didn't really anticipate, like as a hockey collective, and maybe that's kind of throwing us through the loop. So let's start there. Uh, the biggest name that's still on the free agency uh, block here, Nazem Kadri. Now, a lot of people are saying probably has a handshake deal with someone. I made the assumption, like, well, it's Colorado, obviously, but that probably might not be true. Where do you think he ends up? It just it seems like what we're thinking is that Kadri's got something with the Islanders, potentially. Yep. But we haven't seen this actually come through, and we're talking about – Lou Lamorello and the absolute tightest to the vest manager in all of hockey for all time's sake. I mean, I spent two years in Lou's organization when he was with the devils and there are no leaks. It is airtight. And, you know, yesterday I, I, I did see it that Kadri and the Islanders seem to be coming together if that's the case. But, you know, I, I always wondered with Kadri, like, did he, end, would he end up circling back to Colorado if nothing was out there that he really wanted? You know, and that's where there's some dominoes that need to fall here, man. If it's, if he's actually going to go to the Islanders, they got to clear some cap space. 
So no wonder. Well, especially if they're going long term deal quiet. with him there too, because you got Barzil. I'm looking at at cap friendly right now. Barzil's got one year left on that uh, before he hits restricted free agency. You got a lot of money tied up in Anders League and Brock Nelson, obviously. JG yeah. uh, Pajot, like a lot of talent that they've brought in, but he's going to be commanding a pretty hefty dollar. Like, how do you fit everybody in here? Yeah, and he's a centerman as well. Correct. So, you know, you're looking at you're looking at JG Pajot and you're gonna have Kadri in the mix as well. Is he gonna be their number one centerman? Who knows? And, and I mean our own I, I work with Frank Saravalli at Daily Faceoff and uh on the DFO rundown podcast yesterday they said that they got a seven by seven offer on the table for Kadri. That's what they're hearing and believed. And you know, he's thirty two years old, Kadri is. Yeah. If that's the case, seven year deal through thirty nine. I mean, it 100% fits with Lou Morello. He loves veteran players. He loves players that, uh, by the end of their contract, the contract looks terrible. Yep. He's big on that. And then he brings it um, back like Zach Parisi. It's all good. Yeah, you know, so uh, it works in that way. I'm not sure who's going to get moved on from. You know, there's names there. You look at maybe Beauvillier as yep. someone that could potentially be headed out the door. You know, there's valuable players. The problem with the Islanders is that they have a lot of, like, good players. But they don't have any any real like superstars there as it stands. That's what Barzil's supposed and to I'll be. What, but exactly. That's the player. Matthew Barzell should be their superstar. And I think that if they grab Kadri, that's a step towards getting Barzell to where he needs to be because he needs somebody to get the puck on his stick that can skate with them, that yep. has some creativity. And I've said that all along, they've got to unlock Barzell and mm-hmm. I think Barry Trotz did what he could with the lineup they had. They didn't find that right mix. And that's the key. You get a young talent like Barzell that can skate like that. If you get three or four good years out of Kadri out of this, that's fantastic. But, boy, seven years, that's a lot. Like I thought we might be looking at a four- or five-year deal given his age. So yeah. no surprise the Islanders might be the front runner with that offer. Yeah, and it looks like Kadri will kind of be the benefactor of, of a lot of things that he's worked for for his entire career. He had an unbelievable season. I think he's a great talent, but I, I think that the the Islanders are definitely up against it right now because, as you mentioned, they got a lot of good players. They've been sniffing around that, that Stanley Cup final, but obviously last year they took a step back, but – they got to make sure that they put their best foot or at least foot on the gas with all of these players that they've acquired inside of these long-term deals. Because if you're going to do all this, like, and you're not going to go to that next step, what's the point of doing any of it then? It is. You get stuck in mediocrity like Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, you can look around the league at a lot of teams that have kind of gotten stuck into that rut as well. I mean, I even look at, I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that's pretty dear to my heart. I finished in that organization and I have so much respect for, for Chuck Fletcher like I, I have had nothing but positive interactions with him, well regarded throughout hockey, but that team's just treading water, you know, and that's not acceptable. That was such a bad miss on the Gaudreau bit, though. Like I, I, I fully believe, like my conspiracy theory is that Johnny Gaudreau did not wake up that morning uh, with the intention of signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think he was playing, you know, the the Islanders, the the Devils, and the Philadelphia Flyers. Often, once the Flyers dropped out. Well, there's a lot of leverage that goes out with that, too, because there's just too many contracts to move around. And then you're like, oh, we not need to salvage this because he's the top guy on the market. And so we're going to take the next best deal, which happened to be the late uh, coming to the party uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. What do you think of my conspiracy theory? I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's pretty realistic. I mean, I, and that's why, you know, it's hard for me with flyers here because they've got an open book. Chuck Fletcher's got permission to pretty much do what he needs to do. Bring in the best coach you can. He brings in John Tortorella, who I think is a good hire. They threw the 
they threw the Brinks truck back. Ray Trotz and he declined, yep. for, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and I don't think that's an indictment of Philadelphia. I, I think that Trotz, when it came down to it, just didn't want to coach this year after doing it for so long and yeah. through COVID. It's a big project, get, too. And it's a tough yeah, time. Yeah, and still, and still getting paid out. He still has another year from the Islanders making $4 bucks. Like, dude, take the Gerard Gallant method. Mm-hmm. Take a year off to enjoy your grandkids. Go skiing. Like, right. you know, get away from the game for a year and then make your best choice. And, and But anyway, like when you look at the Flyers, Johnny Gaudreau was on a silver platter for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. All they had to do was clear cap space. Now, and, and I say that like it's easy to do. Lindsay, you know it's not easy to clear cap space. No, especially, especially with some of these team. deals that were signed, you know, before the yep. pandemic started and with the cap crunch that everybody's under. I mean, it, there's just not a lot of options. That's right. And on top of that, everybody around the league also knows that they'd be trying to clear cap space for Johnny Gaudreau. So Mm -hmm. they wouldn't make it easy on him. But my take on it is that if you have the opportunity to land one of the top five players in the league who's still in his prime age-wise, that's from there, that wants to play there, that has friends on your team in Philadelphia in the first place in Hayes and Atkinson – you need to move mountains to make it happen because I think the Flyers are going to be stuck being mediocre or bad for a long time now. And at least if you make that big swing and go after that player, it gives your fan base and your players some hope and belief mm-hmm. that you're going for it. And I just thought that they were too conservative this offseason. I don't think being conservative works anymore in the NHL. And I also don't think you can go off the deep end aggressive like we've seen the Vegas Golden Knights do. There's a happy medium to it. But I think, like you said, Lindsay, look at Columbus. Like, what do you think of that move from Yarmo and John Davidson who run that organization in in Columbus? They're so sneaky. Is that... Yeah. Is that the word best to describe that organization and how they go about business sometimes? Yeah, I mean, if you kind of just look on how they've conducted themselves the last few years, you know, when they they had that haul come in from Ottawa, when they had Duchesne and everybody, and then Panarin was still on the team, Bob was still on that team, they make that run, they beat uh, uh, the Tampa Bay in the first round, sweep them, and then, you know, everybody kind of jumped ship, and then we're back here a year and a half later, and all of a sudden, oh, we, everybody wants to come out and hang at our party again. I just, I, I think they swung at, at, a, at a big pinata that they did not expect to have a birthday party in their backyard, but here they are, and it gave them a, a great little wedge piece for, to, to, to sign Patrick Laine <laughs> as well. Like, if anything, it solidified a lot of things there in an in a organization that was kind of treading water like we were talking about Philadelphia. At least now they have direction. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that line A signing that you brought up is the key part to it. Mm-hmm. You've got to give a reason to have confidence in your team and retain players. And if you're Patrick Line A and your team just goes out and grabs Johnny Gaudreau after you've seen Gaudreau turn Hampus Lindholm into a star player, mm-hmm. okay? And and that's not to take anything away from Lindholm. Like Lindholm's, or sorry, not Hampus Lindholm, but from uh, um, the centerman in Calgary that he played with this year. Like, you're you're making everybody around you better. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And, and I, and I just can't, I can't under undervalue the fact that Johnny Gaudreau wants to play in a market where I think he can probably just have some fun too. And yeah. not be under the radar, you know, not have to deal with the pressures of Calgary all the time. And you had an American kid that wants to play in America. That's great. But you see these things happen when a team goes out and get a player, look at the Ottawa senators. 
Yeah, let's they talk about them. Land. I'm let's so scared it. of them. I that's like literally one of my big questions. Like, let's talk about Ottawa and how scary that they are. I think that Ottawa. Now listen, are they going to win a cup this year? No. Are they going to knock on the door of playoffs and potentially sneak could they, in? Could they mess up some other team's that. dreams who have actually legitimate cup aspirations? Absolutely. A hundred percent. The young talent on that team with Shabbat and Stutzla and Norris and Kachuk and Batherson and Foreman. Like, you want to go down the list of yeah. all the talent that they have? There's a ton. But until you get players that are veteran to surround those young players, they were never going to be successful. They just weren't. And by going out and trading for Alex to from the Chicago Blackhawks yep. and then going out and trading for Cam Talbot from the Minnesota Wild. The most underrated move of all of them, I think. They, they just legitimized their team. You get a 40-goal scorer mm-hmm. who's still young, by the way, in Dabrinkit. And then you grab a goaltender to complement Anton Forsberg, who to me was the most underrated goalie in the NHL last year. That's a solid tandem with Talbot and Forsberg. And the downstream effects is that it allows GM Pierre Dorian to go out and sign Claude Giroux. Mm-hmm. Who can still play, man? Like yeah. this guy's still going to put up sixty-five, seventy points easily this year, going between center and right wing for that club. He's going to help the power play. And Lindsay, what this really shows, I've been in that organization. Mm-hmm. I knew how it worked when Eugene Melnick was still alive and ran things. His eyes were over the shoulder of Pierre Dorian's at all moments, no doubt in my mind. And we've every transaction when you've got that second set of eyes of an owner who frankly knew nothing about hockey besides being a fan, but he was able to critique all the moves. How can you manage in that situation? You know, I think we're finally seeing a general manager in Dorian be allowed to run a team the way he thinks is best. And that club's going to be good, Lindsay. Like, don't you think that that team in Ottawa has a chance to surprise and maybe even make a push towards playoffs this year. Oh, 100%. I'd actually put a lot of money on them of probably making the playoffs just because, I mean, that division is so tough, but at the same time, you're seeing teams rise and fall. I mean, uh, to see the, like, six days after they lose in the Stanley Cup final in Tampa Bay that Ryan McDonough gets traded, I'm like, whoa, (laughs) next season comes at you real fast. And and that's going to naturally happen because you're going to have regressions. They're not going to make the Stanley Cup final every year, just like how Andre Vasilevsky can't win the Vesna every year. Like, it's just, it's an unsustainable model and while those teams are starting to take a step back teams like the Ottawa Senators are taking a step forward and then let's just since it's it's a great way to kind of spin off of it how weird it was to see Matthew to Chuck all of a sudden get traded into the same division and now he's down in Florida like I thought this one guy was gonna be the captain of Calgary and, and just, I, I don't yeah. want to be here anymore. And maybe that was expedited by Johnny Gaudreau leaving and, and leaving for the team that he did and just being like, well, clearly nobody wants to be here. But I just, what what's your read on Calgary and kind of what went down? Because they won the, the division last year. Now, I mean, I, I don't know if they're a playoff team. I think that Brad Tree, living the GM's done a great job in Calgary. And he was dealt a really tough hand. Johnny Gaudreau left because he wants to play in the United States and be closer to home. End of story. Mm. And then you, Matthew Kachuk, to me, I thought those two players were tied together. If Gaudreau left, Kachuk was leaving. Yep. If Gaudreau and Kachuk talked in the offseason and said, listen, we got something special going on here. Let's make the most of it. They were both going to stay. I truly believe that. I think I, I mean, I said that all last year. And as soon as Gaudreau was gone, Kachuk, to me, actually did him a solid by letting him know, hey, we're, yeah, the team, no, you mean. Exactly, yeah, like, hey, 
dude, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not staying around here. So you guys need to maximize this right now. Let's make it work. So Calgary signs Kachuk and trades him. And I'm not terribly surprised by it. I'm from St. Louis. I've known Matthew a while. Like, I, I, I just, it's a big step to be up there in the first place. And I also think that there's even the Daryl Sutter effect, you know, I mean, if you sign a big long-term contract, yeah. If you sign a big long-term contract, you, you expect to outlive your coach, but Hey man, it's really tough to play for Daryl Sutter. Like there's no way around it. Especially with his history with that organization as well. Like they're going to give him a lot more leash than they would in other head coaching positions, especially these days when it's so short. Well, when you bring someone in like that, you know what you're getting Mm -hmm. and you allow them to coach. That's what a good, a good general manager allows their coach to coach. And so, like, I think that might have played into it a little bit. And that's not saying that, like, Kachuk or Goudreau can't handle it. They obviously had great years under Sutter. I just think when you look objectively at things and you go, oh, God, do I really want to do this the next two or three years until he eventually gets fired? You start to look elsewhere. And this deal with Florida, Lindsay, was wild. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Vet. Handle with care. That is our theme of the Playmakers today. We're going to slow down our words and our thoughts and everything because, first of all, we just listened to a great little tidbit with Mike McKenna. That full episode is going to be available on the Nightcap feed at 6 p.m. tonight. I've scheduled it, Adrian Hernandez. It's been scheduled? It has been scheduled. Fantastic. I'm glad glad to hear it. Uh, You and Mike... That connection is fantastic, and the insight is top tier. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for everybody to have access to it, and it'll be you know just an hour after our show ends. So you have a opportunity to maybe listen back to the first hour of our program, which we're just about to wrap up, or maybe the second hour that I'm expecting great things from, and hopefully no red flags. But uh, we had a big win in the Valley last night. Your Las Vegas Aces are creeping up on that first place, that number one overall seed. They won over the Atlanta Dream last night, 97-90. But, you know, I, I could talk about the box scores, all that stuff, but you were there. Yeah, so first and foremost, as the game was going on, uh, most importantly is that the Seattle Storm went into Chicago and beat the Sky 111-100, to which meant that if the Aces won, they'd be one game behind Chicago, mm-hmm. setting up a very dramatic 
second. Mm. Well, what's 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 before the the finale? It's called the penultimate. The, pe- the, the penultimate. Yes, that that's what's going to happen mm. tomorrow. With of course the sky wanting revenge. Because, like you said, our Aces actually ended up winning 97-90. Now one game behind for that number one overall seed. Love to hear um, and, and we do, there, there was some worry in the building because, first and foremost, uh, Coach Coach Becky Hammond made the switch with the starting lineup, taking an all-star from the starting five and moving De'Erica Hamby to the bench, giving Kia Stokes yep. the opportunity to start versus Seattle. We were wondering if that was just going to be a one-game thing because of facing the Storm and Tina Charles and kind of wanting to give the best matchup. And apparently it wasn't a one-game thing because Kia Stokes started again. And unfortunately, De'Erica Hamby, how many exact seconds and minutes was she on the court yesterday? Mm. She was on the court for two minutes and 59 seconds, and then she had an ugly fall fighting for a rebound with her knee. She she got taken out the game. She had to be helped no. um, off the court. Now, yesterday uh, at the post-game press conference, Becky start her her opening statement. She said, "Hey, we don't know exactly what's going on today. We're going to get some MRIs. We don't know from the team. They haven't released what happened from the MRI." I went on Dierica's Twitter for whatever it's worth. Mm. She went on Twitter and responded to a fan saying, "Yo, if you're concerned." Or, or uh, Dierica, if you're okay, please raise your hand and let us know. She went on Twitter and she said, it's all good. Um, so hopefully she comes back because we're going to need her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for example, versus the Storm, Tina Charles, a bigger body. Kia Stokes kind of matches up better. And we've talked about it at length this season with the starters about how much they're maximized and how much effort and points and everything and how our bench really needs help. And it's a tough situation to just say with three games left in the season, you're an all-star and come off the bench and we're going to expect you to go in there because who says that someone can work like that? You know, being in the game and getting that rhythm, it's a difficult thing. And it's it's kind of a risky proposition to just assume that she's going to be as effective. Now we need to know that she's going to be healthy. Yeah. We're already in a, in a seven-person rotation having her hurt that's going to limit that to six, and that ain't going to work as we head into the playoffs. So hopefully she's back. Uh, in terms of the game yesterday versus the Atlanta Dreams, first and foremost, Atlanta Dream has the number one pick in the draft from last year, Ryan Howard, or from this year. She set a record most three-pointers for a rookie in WNBA history. Oh, congratulations. She's phenomenal. That is a great young team who, who's very wide-eyed and fighting for a chance to make the playoffs. That's going to be the opposite of facing the sky and the storm with the experience and obviously the championship pedigree. But Ryan Howard wasn't the only one doing historic things yesterday. So if you look at the starting lineup, Kia Stokes played 23 minutes, had zero points. Everyone else, though, Jackie Young, uh, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, the fourth time in NBA history that four starters scored over 20 points. Wow. They had a combined 88 points uh it was it, it was just great to see and it was so <laughs> Becky saw the she didn't know that this was history and then she's looking at the at the uh box score she's kind of like how many times has this happened before because I've never seen this right. when it comes to the WNBA well she's a big part of the WNBA history so if she hasn't seen it she's probably a good person to ask and it, it was cool to see Becky at the beginning of the game Atlanta came out hot she immediately called a timeout she said I don't like the way that we're playing Kelsey, you need to step up. As soon as Kelsey went downhill, kind of opened up everything. Chelsea Gray, another behind-the-back pass. I so need that's to, where those 10 turnovers were coming from. Yeah, I need to ask if she's human. 
because some of these plays, K-pop? like no uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Gray, Gray, because some no. of these passes and every time she's making the play, she's a human highlight reel. Yeah. Um. So it, it it was a great performance, a great team effort. Also, like you you had players in, in Kirsten Bell, uh, Iana Rumpert who played. They haven't played in weeks, mm-hmm. and to expect them to just come in and be like, "Oh, you're a professional. You can come in and just match the intensity and go in there and do this, that, and the third. And to their credit, they came in, they hustled, they they opened up the the just the whole floor and kind of gave more spacing to this team. That obviously the Aces. I mean, we we shoot them good. We shoot three pointers kind of good. We oh, fourteen yeah. for twenty fourteen for twenty seven this game. Uh, once again, it was a tough game going into the fourth quarter, and the Aces pulled away uh, with their aggressive just going downhill and opening up these lanes um, towards the end of the game. There were two scrums, uh, a lot of hockey vibes. Okay. Two jump balls. Um, Get those bows up. Yeah, and this this is setting up again. Two games left in the season, both at home. Sue Bird's last game on Sunday, but before that, on Thursday, tomorrow, mm-hmm. in the Ultra versus the Sky. Basically, the winner of this is more likely, more than likely, whatever that phrase is, words are important, I should it. learn how to say them, will end up walking away with this number one seed. And, of course, the Sky, they want revenge. The Aces went into their building. They won the Commissioner's Cup on their floor. Yep. So this is going to set up to be a phenomenal game. Thankfully, it will be on NBA TV, so you don't need League Pass or hopping on Amazon Prime or trying to find CBS Sports Network. It'll be on NBA TV as it should be. Do you have your question ready oh. for us? Oh, and then first, like and honestly, then I, I just wanna I wanna set the table for you because like you you've never asked a question in a press conference before. This is true. And for the rest of your life, for the rest of your professional career, you will have a story that the first person I ever asked a question in a press conference to was to, for, to Becky Hammond. Yeah, and, and let me let me just just uh give myself more credit. Do and it. talk about me. Yeah, hell yeah. Just to let everybody know, mm-hmm. as as the regular season winds down and the playoffs kick off, be sure to follow us on social media, too, at the Bet Las Vegas. Seriously, uh, guys. That's where we're going to be tweeting out everything uh, as we give you coverage on the Aces and, and everything else in the sports world, but specifically with the Aces with this playoff run, which we hope is going to bring a championship to Las Vegas. But, yes, the uh, post-game press conference happened. Becky Hammond's on stage, and, and this – this is what happened. This is what I said. Nervous as hell. Adrian Hernandez with Odyssey. Thursday, huge game against the Chicago Sky. What's going to be the message to the team? Nothing. We want to continue to defend, you know, our home court, establish ourselves defensively, go out and play. Um, I didn't like our logging factor tonight, um, which was why I called a quick timeout. Um, if we were on the grade school uh, playground, we got our lunches snatched. Couldn't guard nothing. So, uh, again, it will be play defense or don't play. Play defense or don't play. I love that. And, Seriously, though. And one thing I forgot to mention, Accountability. too. Accountability. Uh, I, I said that I, I have a concern with the Aces, and here it is. Yeah. And this might not even happen if De'Erica Hamby, depending on when she comes back, but there were a couple times where the Aces went two bigs on the court at the same time, and defensively, that ain't going to cut it. Uh, when you face a team, in Atlanta, the Atlanta Dream aren't the only fast and quick team that some say is quote-unquote undersized. Yeah, Chicago can pass really well. Yeah, the speed and just defensively, there's going to be too many too many opportunities for another team to get into action, to run pick and roll, mm. to run things where 
we're going to get you moving defensively, and that's just going to break down and then cause offensively. You're just going to be tired from trying to make up for some of the deficiencies, and we'll, we'll see what the lineup is. I am very perplexed at the decision of if you are going to make this decision to put Dierica to be an all-star, to come off the bench, to give the bench some sort of just give us something from the bench. A tempo change. Yeah, a tempo change and some some offense coming off the bench, which I can't argue about that. But to do it with three games left in the season, you need time to let everybody be adjusted to what their role is, and it's kind of on the fly. Well, how much time do you think you would need to make that adjustment at the highest level in this game? How, how I mean, long I, do you I, think it is? I mean, yeah, but we're... Like, but, I, I, too, would be like, maybe be we experiment time. this, you know, not so close to the end. But at the same time, they've been on the road for, like, a month. And then they had the All-Star game right before that, right? Yeah. And so I, I can see the app, like, I can totally understand it. It is a little bit late. But at the same time, if you're trying to see if you can rely on this tool, you got to see if you can at least get a few cracks at it. And I don't think there's, like, egos or anything involved where it's just like... Well, maybe. If, we don't know. Maybe, but if you're if you're a teammate, if you're all in, which is the literal, like, na- th- their their branding decision for this year... Is that if that's what needs to be done, I'm fine with it. And and Kay Plum has just become a, a full blown bona fide starter this year. She's been coming off the bench for years. Like everybody's got to take their turn. And everybody's got to be able to get on board. And that's true. And obviously, there's different different levels of defense. And and there's a reason where maybe hey, we need you to do everything else. And obviously, yeah, the rest of Asia, Jackie, Kelsey, they get Chelsea. They all got this. They just historic fourth time scoring more than 20 points. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a concern. And even even in the Seattle game, which some people were questioning, well, maybe it's just a matchup problem for this specific game. Dierica only played 17 minutes. So first and foremost, we need Dierica back. Yeah. We're already running on a seven-person rotation, so I genuinely think it's just a pacing decision because this team likes to run. They like to get balls up the court and transition and stuff. And so maybe when you're getting the, that first rest of the True. legs, that you're having somebody who is of that stature pushing it. And, and I'm being super critical because of we where we're at. The mm-hmm. ma- the margins are very very slim as we head into Absolutely. the playoffs. So. Absolutely, and who's to say that we would see that rotation? But certainly something to give our opponents to think about as well as ourselves what an absolutely delightful first hour let's do it again should we we let's still have, do yeah another good hour but the second hour let's make that good so just like incrementally better and maybe a little bit more inside the lines at certain points not like completely and some dan campbell sprinkle that in yeah dan campbell for sure we got hard knocks talk and so much more on the other side of the break 11 40 We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.